Michel, you're going to turn to page 30, and we'll get started. Okay, she's down. Thank you, Michel, for all your labor. Before getting into, I know I said getting into, digging into the entire verses of Daniel chapter 4, I'd like to spend some time to make sure I have all my notes here. I'd like to spend a little time talking about King Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel 4. But not only talk about Daniel, but his relationship to you and me. And I'd like to call this talking time. Profiles of Nebuchadnezzar, by no means original. I do not want you to think I came up with this message today all my own. I'm going to say something that is very well needed by me and probably you. We all need help. Can I get a witness? It's for certain that I need help. I spent a lot of time as all ministers do, preparing this message. And I want you to hang in there with me as we peruse this chapter, this episode on Nebuchadnezzar. And I like to call this talking time profiles, as I said, of Nebuchadnezzar. And by no, no means original. Where did I get this from? 30,000 thoughts. A six-volume set originated in 1889. Any preacher, doesn't matter whether who he is, and even you and me, we must do our homework. And the Bible says study to show yourself approved, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And many thanks are to the believer's Bible commentary. I'm saying this because some of you might have these things at home and you can very readily look them up. Was it by William McDowell? My, my understanding of today's message was enhanced by the above commentary. But I'm going to interrupt this. No, I'm not going to read this. But this applies to every one of you and me. His name is Scott Wilson. And this is only part of his testimony. I walked into a church with blue jeans, a flannel shirt, long hair, and a bad attitude. Can I get a witness? And a pack of marble in my, was my idea of getting a Budweiser right after church. I'm going to read that again. I walked into church 
with blue jeans, a flannel shirt, long hair, a bad attitude, and a pack of Marlboro, and the idea of getting a Budweiser right after the sermon. Then the Lord got a hold of me. Can I get a witness? I'm going to tell you today, if the Lord gets a hold of you, he'll change your whole attitude. I'm only going to read part of the next because it's not really part of the sermon, but it is so appropriate. I was raised in a religious home, not a Christian home, but a religious home. Nevertheless, I was always required to go to church. I had a grandfather, and my dad was a preacher at Church Brethren Church. He continues on, he said, I wasn't saved. I had a church father, a church preacher. My dad was a preacher. But he said, well, this, the Lord got a hold of him and it changed his whole life. Can I get a witness? The Lord, sooner or later, some of you, the Lord needs to get a hold of you. And he'll change your whole perspective. 32. I wish I had more of those. But I just got this this morning. And it's so appropriate. 32. Behold the man before whom kings prostrated. That means worshipped themselves to shake kingdoms who had just said, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. He himself falling down in the presence of the shouting angel. This is Nebuchadnezzar. That's what I'm talking about. Don't you, I don't want you to lose focus. Falling down in the presence of shouting multitudes and worshiping the God of his own making. This is that king, King Nebuchadnezzar. 33. But Nebuchadnezzar, I've got a rebuttal. Somebody else that you know and I know. The word rebuttal means I don't believe that Nebuchadnezzar. Well, I read of two other persons who are just as certain as you, the fallen one. God the Father, I have sworn by myself, the word is going out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return that under me. Who's the me? Yahweh. I want to make sure you got the right person here. I'm talking from the Bible. I have sworn by myself, the word is going out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return than unto me. That is Yahweh. Every knee shall bow, every tongue 
shall swear. Wait a minute, Nebuchadnezzar. God the Son. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above all names. I'm going slow because I want you to get this and me get it. That the name of Jesus every knee shall bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord. Can I get a witness? Now I want you to get this contrast. In the Old Testament, Yahweh, God the Father says, every knee is going to bow to me. And in the New Testament, in Philippians, it says, every tongue shall confess that Jesus, Yeshua, he is Lord. Matter of fact, I even heard Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am. I don't know who you are today, but someday you're not going to bow your knee to Nebuchadnezzar. You're going to bow your knee to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. As I heard a preacher on TV say, you can bow now or you can bow later, but you and I are going to say, thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Get ready to get off track, but I want to stay on track. Let me ask you a question. Go on 34. Do you know Jesus now? Do you have a personal relationship? Personal relationship with him who was the king of kings and lord of lord. Is he the lord? over your life and mine. I'm not talking about if he's Lord over your life. I'm talking about is he Lord over my life. 34. But we better go on. We better go on to profiles of Nebuchadnezzar. Number 35, a prince among idolaters at the head of an adulterous people stood Nebuchadnezzar. He himself was an idolatrous king and the great patron of idolatry. He was a hater, that's what the word contender means, of the true God and taught his subjects that means those people who were under him. He taught his subjects that they should hate God. He was an idolatrous liar at the base of the same imperfections 
and many of the vices of his character. He was superstitious. Brother Bruce, you better stop there. I'm being impersonal. I don't know how many of you are superstitious, but that's none of my business. You know whose business that is? The Lord's. He'll straighten you out. Can I get a witness? And he's doing his best to straighten you out and me out. Nebuchadnezzar was superstitious because he was an idolater. Superstitious is the one great feature of an idolatrous land. I'm sorry to say. And I'm glad that I live in this nation, so don't get me wrong. But this is a superstitious nation. Can I get a witness? You might as well be honest. The superstition of Rome is one of the great additions of her idolatry. The most wicked people of the popes were the most superstitious of men. The prophet Isaiah represents Babylon as a wearied but a multitude of senseless divinations. Stargazing? I don't know what's ringing. Procrastinators? All right, I sure will. 37. Profile number three. The superstition of Nebuchadnezzar's character is obvious from his reliance on the occult practices and divinations of astrology. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope that you are not looking to the stars. I'll stop right there. The professors of these were the great men of the kingdom. They were personal concerts or counselors for Nebuchadnezzar. I got all these people, I got all these people, they're looking in the future, they're looking in crystal balls. I know one who can tell the future. If you just come to him, his name is Jesus. You wanna know the future? Look in the book. That's where the future's at, right in his book. The professors of this great man of God, or this great man of the kingdom, Nebuchadnezzar, they were personal counselors to whom he had resort in all seasons of embarrassment. He was embarrassed sometimes. His astrologers, it didn't come true, so he, excuse me, he was embarrassed. He appointed the prophet Daniel to his college diviners, and I know some say diviners, as though he himself was one of his fraternity. I'm gonna just put a little history in here. Daniel, the man of God, was brought into captivity and his whole nation. Yes, Daniel was included, but he did not agree 
and could not agree with Nebuchadnezzar. He appointed the prophet Daniel to his college of diviners as though he himself were one of his fraternity. I'm going to say something. Don't know who I'm talking to. If you are among those, and not, not, I'm not saying, let me, I want to say this right because I don't want you to think I'm finding fault. You may be among those who don't believe. I'm telling you from, if you are a born again Christian, you are to stand your ground among those who don't believe in the word of God. Hallelujah. It's time for you and me to stand up. Amen. Whose side are you on? Daniel in the midst of a adulterous nation still prayed to the living God. Can I get a witness? Do you still pray to the living God? Do you say grace? Are you ashamed? Daniel, was he stood his ground. He was for the Lord. And the Lord wants you and I to stand up for the Christ of the gospel. I'm just going to say this for a minute. Number 37. Daniel knew Jehovah, or better still, Yahweh. He knew him. Switching gears. One number 37. Before I go into switching gears, I want to say just a little bit more about Jesus. Many of you have known Jesus and the God of the Bible for a long time. And you have the Holy Spirit, the third person of the triune God. And you indeed are the temple of God and he's in there. Can I get a witness? I'm going to tell you right now, he's not leaving. He's going to stay with you when you're in trouble, when you need comfort, when you need him especially When you need a mediator between God and man, some of you are going through mediums. Don't do it. There's only one mediator between God and man. The man, I like to say that, 
There's only one mediator between God and man. The man. Say man. I don't know what you believe in. There's only one mediator between God and man. The man, Anthropos, Christ Jesus. He took your sins. I'm going slow because I want to say it right. He took your sins, every last one of them. I'm going to call it, don't, I'm not trivializing the word of God. He took all your sins. I'm going to act like they're in a bottle. And he drank it. I want to tell you. He drank it. Every last drip of it, he drank it. And he said to his father, my God, my God, why have you, somebody told me to speak up, why have you forsaken me? And he said at the end, Brother Brewster, you go again. It is finished. Jesus paid it all. This is not cheap grace. It wasn't cheap grace that sent him to the cross. It was you and my sin that sent him to the cross. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I don't want to say this. I don't know who I'm talking to. No one can take your salvation from you. He paid it all. Thirty-seven. She's there. The writer of this chapter four is Nebuchadnezzar himself. The story of him is given in his own work. He's writing his own chapter. Nebuchadnezzar, number thirty-eight. Miss Cheryl is right on time. Nebuchadnezzar was not a man. Let me start over again. Nebuchadnezzar was not one of those rare examples in which the hero and the statesman were combined. He was as far as from a statesman, like qualities of the prophet Daniel, as he was from the military qualities of Cyrus. I'm going to stop here. Nebuchadnezzar was not one of those rare examples in which the hero 
and the late statesman working by. He was as far as former statesman like qualities of Daniel. He he wasn't good. He wasn't good a good orator, apparently. But I'm going to say this. It needs to be said. If you are a Christian, you don't have to be someone like a statesman to, for, for God to use you. God wants to use you just the way you are as long as you follow what he wants you to do. Some of you have been a Christian for a long time and God's still waiting on you. Someone said to me the other day, God doesn't push you. Uh, I don't know about that. The Apostle John, God doesn't push anybody to be saved. Um, I'm not going to get into the full vocabulary of that, but I'll tell you this. I'm off of of Nebuchadnezzar for a minute. The greatest Maybe I shouldn't say the greatest. God got a hold of Paul. He got a hold of him and shut him down. And Paul says, Lord, who are you? I'm going to say this and you might not like it. God saved Paul, in spite of himself, he captured him on the road to Damascus when he was persecuting Christians. Don't tell me God can't snatch you up. Can I get a witness? He can can approach you any way he wants. He is God. And not you or me. You can't tell God when he's going to save you. He knows that he wants to save you. And he's going to save you if he wants to. I don't know the parallel through all that. But I know he captured Paul on the way to Damascus. When Paul was persecuting Christians. And killing them. And having them to deny Christ. God saved him. And God will save you in spite of yourself. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that he will save you. The little intellect that he had, the few resources of his genius, talking about Nebuchadnezzar, were at his command and never exerted in a way for which justice and righteousness bade him armor. It is in no such light that he is represented in scripture. He came to oppress and enslave Nebuchadnezzar. Say enslave. You're not gonna like this. But someone gave me, said, preach the gospel. And I'm supposed to preach the gospel. And you're going to hear more of it as we go on. Thank you. Well, here's what you're not going to like. 
If you're not saved, you're lost. Can I get a witness? Amen. It's about time to say the truth. Amen. If you're not saved, you're lost and you're enslaved. Just like Nebuchadnezzar. You're lost. And here's the part I really don't like. But it doesn't make any difference if I like it or not. He took up arms against the people of God. This is Nebuchadnezzar and his army. And without cause, he baseless slew. I know it said basely. He basely slew the sons of Judea's king in the presence of his royal family. Then put out the father's eyes. I'm going to give you history for this. I'm not just saying this. He basically slew the sons of Judea's king, which was Zedekiah, in the presence of his royal family. Then he put out the king's eyes. Can you imagine that? Bound him in fetters of brass and carried him captive to his own idolatrous land. 39. You want proof? Here it is. They slaughtered the sons of Zedekiah, put out before his eyes, then put out the eyes of Zedekiah and put him with bronze, I know it says bronze, fetters, and put, took him to Babylon. For more details, you want it? Here it is. And he gave, to, and it came to pass in the ninth year of his reign, in the tenth month, in the tenth day of the month, that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came, he and his host, against Jerusalem and pitched against it, and they built forts against it round about. But what's that got to do with me? You'll soon discover not the heart, your heart, my heart. Nebuchadnezzar's heart, the heart. Say the heart. heart. It's deceitful. Now he's getting ready to condemn me. No, I'm not. The heart is deceitful and desperately. Let me say it, just like the texts. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I'm going to say this from the get-go. Ladies and gentlemen, you and I, you don't even know yourself. How do I know that? The heart is deceitful above all things and is exceedingly corrupt. Who can know it? The heart is twisted thing not to be searched out by man. Who 
is able to have knowledge. The heart is deceived above all things and beyond cure. It's on the next page, but I'm going to say now. You and I were born with a twisted heart, a twisted soul. Can I get a witness? But you need it changed. That's why you need it changed. And Jesus, I'm, I'm, this is not in the text. That's why you and I need a desperate change. And it was accomplished by Jesus Christ. He did it. You didn't do it. I don't care how much reverence you have for other people. They can't help you. Only Jesus can. He can change you. I don't care how much money you give to the church. I don't care how many penances you give. I don't care if you go to church every day and every night. You must be born again. Amen. Jesus said it. I didn't make it up. Jesus said it. Amen. And if I may reflect on Jesus just a little. When he said that, he was talking to a very, very religious man, Nicodemus, who knew the law, who knew how to tithe, who knew all the things about the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. He knew them. And he kept them. But Jesus said, to that very astute gentleman. You must. I know my voice is getting low, I can tell it. Be born from above. That's the real Greek. You must be born from above. I have a final question down there. Was Nebuchadnezzar's heart, deceitful, twisted above all things. And I got an answer for you. I want you to answer, and I'm going to read it again. Was Nebuchadnezzar's heart, deceitful, say yes. yes. Yeah. Was it twisted, say yes. yes. What about your heart and mine? And I have a final question down there. Please answer yes, no, ah, maybe not so. Don't fool yourself. We're all sinners. We're all on our way to hell. Maybe I should put it like this. We were on our way to hell. But someone... Change the direction of your and my eternity. Can you say hallelujah to that? If you're saved, you can say hallelujah because there's no turning back. And I'm going to say something again. My sheep, hear my voice. 
and they follow me. And if you're a disobedient sheep, I don't know who I'm talking to, the Old Testament, the history reveals that if you're one of God's sheep, he's never going to let you go. And if you continue to be disobedient, history shows, background shows, shepherd show, he'll break your feet. I don't mean feet, I mean your legs. What's that for? You're still one of his sheep. God still loves you, and he's never going to let you go. Can I get a witness? I'm going to ask you, are you one of disobedient sheep? God still loves you, and he's still after you. And if he has to break your legs, not literally, he'll break them. If he's got to do this to straighten you out. I heard somebody say, oh, you can lose your salvation. I'm going to say it from, from my heart. If I could lose it, I'd lose it. I'm going to make this plain in this message in case I don't do it next week. You can't lose your salvation, but you can lose your reward. Salvation is a free gift, but rewards are earned. What have you done since you've been saved? Question. On number 41, is your heart and my heart deceitful? None of you have been saved. I don't, I don't mean you don't sin, don't get me wrong. I mean it's been taken out of its mortal and sinful depravity. And it's been given, your heart has been given a new direction. Can I? And speaking, and here's my, here's my, th- number 41. Is your heart and my heart deceitful? It shouldn't be. If you were born again Christian, your heart should be, your whole, the Holy Spirit is constantly working on you. Like the psalmist said, or that the little girl said, he's still working on me. Here's a question that I dread to ask you, but I'm going to say it anyhow. Putting somebody's eyes out, could you do it? I pray that I couldn't do it. I'm going to say this something else, but the seeds of that type of heinous behavior was in me. Can I get away with this? Don't say it can't happen. It can. That's how serious sin is. It is really serious. Why do you think Jesus went to the cross? For simple things, he went through the most dreadful, heinous sins that there are. And why do you think he cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He saw all those sins sitting before him. 
Sin is serious. It's more serious than you and I can imagine. But let me give you the other side of that. The Word of God claims that God the Father and God the Son. Get this. I got two people. Persons. God the Father knows your heart. He knows it. You're not fooling me. You're not fooling him. Can I get a witness? He knows your frame. And God the Son. You would look up those verses and remember them. He knows you. Back and forth, in and out. And I'm not trivializing the word of God. I couldn't help hearing. I heard I was in the laundromat. I heard a lady sing inside out. Think again. And you hath he quickened. That's the King James. What do you mean by that, brother? Quickened. And you hath he made alive. No wonder, Christian, you can't live like you used to. God, the Holy Spirit won't let you. Can I get a witness? He has quickened you, made you alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. We're in times past. It's past. Don't tell me you're a Christian and you're still living like you were before. God, the Holy Spirit, won't allow you to do it. Unless, of course, he has to break your legs. You thought God was a, a goody two-shoe God, didn't you? Well, I'm here to tell you, sometimes he's got to be kind of rough with us Christians. Can I get a witness? Got to be rough. We're in times past, you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that, the spirit, who's he? Satan and, and his cohorts. The spirit that now works, right now. Oh, I don't believe in the devil. I don't believe in Diabolos. Diabolos. That's what he wants you to think. And you were dead in trespasses and sins in which the former walking, you walked in it to the course of this world, according to the principle of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Number 43. Now the deeds of the flesh are these. Well, I thought you were on Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar had these too. Impurity, sensuality, idolatry. There it is. Idol worship. Sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and like, and things like these, of which I'm forewarning you, 
just I have always forewarned you that those people who practice practice such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. The Bible speaks for itself. But the fruit of the Spirit. I like the first one, love. You think these things were in Nebuchadnezzar? He was the opposite. And just like you and me, if you're not saved. But the fruit of the Spirit, I could put the, the Holy Spirit in there. I'm talking to you Christians. If you have the Holy Spirit, he's cultivating love, joy. Can you say joy? I don't know how much joy you have in your life, but the Lord God Almighty, through the Holy Spirit, wants to have joy in your life. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things that there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus. I'm going to ask you again. Do you belong to Jesus? Do you? Thank you, brother. And are we acting like it? We don't do it on your own. It's engendered by the Holy Spirit. You're not doing it. If we live by the Spirit, let us walk by the Spirit, verse 25. If you live by it, and that word, say if. I'm just going to add this, and Pastor Jack can confirm it. That word if is a conditional clause. It means, it could mean since you walk by the Spirit, if you walk, it's so much that you are. We assume that you have the Holy Spirit. Let us not become boastful. Nebuchadnezzar was. He had the whole world in his hand. In his, in, a, in his vicinity as a nation, I got everything. I even, have, I even have you bowing down to me. And I even made a statue of mine, a nine-foot statue. And when you hear that sound, you better bow down. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. Get ready to stop. Number five. Next slide, please. She's right on it. I'm going to stop soon because I should. Nebuchadnezzar, 
proclamation that King Nebuchadnezzar to all peoples and all kingdoms informing them of the wonderful thing, the wonderful event. I gotta stop here. Say wonderful, wonderful thing. Something happened to Nebuchadnezzar. I'm not going on with this message, maybe one or two, but I'm gonna stop here because I know when to stop. This section is in the form of a proclamation by King Nebuchadnezzar and all the peoples of his kingdom, informing them of the wonderful event. Say wonderful event. Let me ask you. Has a wonderful event. And I'm gonna put this, I'm gonna add this. It's a once and for all event. I guess you know what I'm talking about. Has this wonderful event, you'll learn later on what it is, if you would read, read it at home. Has this wonderful event happened to you? It's not money, although that's great. It's not a new car. It's not a new pair of shoes. I can name a million other things, but it's a wonderful person. Has he happened to you? Do you have you had a personal, Nebuchadnezzar had a personal thing happen to him? You'll learn later on. Has it happened to you? He's a person. He's Adonai. He's Yahweh. He's a king. I know I said he's he's the king of kings. I'm going to go right back to this and I'm going to finish. My name is Scott Wilson. I walked into church with blue jeans, a flannel shirt, long hair, and a bad attitude, a pack of marble cigarettes, and the idea of getting a Budweiser right out of the service. Then, the Lord got a hold of him. Can I get a witness? Has the Lord gotten a hold of you? If you do, if he has, you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. I'm done. Let's give the Lord a hand. I'm done.